Rocket. Are you there, Rocket? Are you still alive, mate? How are you? I'm good, Roscoe. How about yourself? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm probably in a better state than you because I know that you have not slept a wink in the last 72 hours of probably the most amazing golf tournament, but one of the most amazing sporting epic events, certainly of my recent times, the Masters and the winner, T. Woods. How have you coped, mate? How have you coped? Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'm still trying to digest all of it, considering that the man was, if you remember, he was my heart pick. I do, so, I do remember that, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, it is... It, oh, I really don't know if I could sum it up in any one sentence other than this is probably one of the most amazing days, amazing 70, 72 holes of golf that I've ever experienced watching in my entire life. I think back to being as a kid, um, you know, first catching the Masters on TV, going through all of the Greg Norman pain and suffering by the Masters, but all the other majors, I've completely forgotten about all of that, watching the great man pull off something which was just... take the Caddyshack moment it was a Cinderella story it was phenomenal it it was the win that you know I'm going to say that I was probably one of the people that definitely thought that it probably wouldn't happen you know and I think if we roll back the tape to our pre-masters podcast you know I think I did say that it would be great if he could pull it off it would be fantastic for the game because he moves the needle and you know that that came true and that's you know for for our game it's monumental and in what i do and the people that i talk to on a daily basis about the game you know even in the last you know 12 hours standing around talking to people about golf you can just sense that you know they're up and about obviously but you know, the sense that I got today was they're talking to all of their people about golf who aren't golfers, and their people are talking about golf. And and that's just, you know, massive for, for our sport and for the game and for anyone who's involved in it. And it's, you know, it's fantastic. And as you say, you know, you go back through the Masters moments and, you know, if we roll back to the pre-Masters podcast that we did, you know, you, we talked about favourite Masters moments and... You know, I recalled 1986 with Jack Nicklaus and, you know, you were talking about the Greg Norman disappointments and that was one of those Masters moments where, you know, Greg probably let another one go and old Jack, well, old Jack was only 46 at the time, you know, and it's not that old now, mate. And it must be a little bit like what these guys went through today, you know. Back then, Jack, you know, he was the best of that era 
and those guys at the leaderboard back then must have felt some pressure, as probably the guys did today, when T Woods is just coming for you, and you know what he's got in his bag, and and it happened, and I don't think the other guys, you know, you would say capitulated. Not like we've seen some falls from grace of you know leaders and notables in the past. Yes, yeah, certainly there was a number of errors, especially on 12, but. Yeah, imagine what these guys are feeling when they know that Tiger is lurking in in the background and then just mowing them down. Unbelievable. Uh, Tiger is quite simply the one golfer that transcends the game. You know, so there's an argument about Jack being the greatest of all time and you know, I could argue that one until people are blue in the face and probably throw their drink at me. But at the same time, if you wanted to prosecute that argument in terms of impact, impact on the game in terms of how you change the way that people play, how they change the way that people view it, what have you done for the game, there is simply no argument that he is what, he is the greatest of all time because he transcends the game. So my question is, is there more to come? There's no reason why there wouldn't be, but is it is it just that magical moment or do you, th- do you think that there's, you know, another handful in the bag of, of uh, majors? Um. I was thinking about this today and hopefully our friend Mr. Clazier will listen to this because this is probably a little a little phrase that he might sort of utter to his disciples. I was watching pieces of the post um, masters, some of the interviews, Tiger talking and and some of the motivations when he talks about his kids were there at the British Open, he didn't get it done there. This is the first time his kids have been to the Masters. They've never seen it before. And he said, I wasn't going to let them down again. So you think about the last time that he won a major, like won a major, his son wasn't born and his daughter was an infant. So... Here you think about the trials and tribulations of the Tiger Woods life and you think about where he is now, where he's gone. You know, we're talking about someone that transcended the game. It's gone to the highest of highs that people have never seen before and has crashed and burned to the lowest of lows for the longest time. And... I myself, even two years ago, said that this man will never win a tournament or a major ever again. But the thing that I think that's been found is that he has a purpose. And the thing that's driving him, and this was the thing, a lot of people talk about retired Tiger, what else could you achieve out of the game? His purpose is the fact that his kids never got to see him compete on the biggest stage they only see footage that might be on YouTube. So 
they can't quite comprehend or correlate the person that stands in front of them versus the person they see on TV or on a screen versus now they get to see their father up close and personal, what he does, how he stalks people in a tournament. They got to see up close and personal the Tiger Woods of old. He has found purpose in showing his kids what this man is made of, not only what he was, but what he has now become as a person. And I, I think, <laughs> I'm sort of getting a little bit, <laughs> there's a few people that might listen to this and think I'm off my rocker and just drunk with Tiger Woods envy. He's going for Jack's, he's going for Jack's 18. He's going for it. He's going to do it one at a time. And there's an interview with Joe LaCarva today when they've talked about it and they said we're going, basically said we're going for it, but we're just going for number 16 next. They're just going to pick it off one at a time. And if you think about Tiger, how he's approached his comeback, last year was about, think about going to the gym. You're building up reps. You're just trying to get your body ready for, for playing tournament golf and getting a feel for it. Can he do this thing again? Does he have it? And he's found something. I, I, I believe I know where I think he found it, and that was that front nine in the final round of the PGA last year. He's hitting it all over the place, but he, he, he was able to mentally will himself to stay in the contest. And he's found, he's found that fire, he's found that purpose, and it's carried on. And they're executing a plan, and they're executing it just like a tactician, like an assassin. He... He is going for Jack's. He's going for Jack's record because I believe he himself believes that he can do it now. Fair assessment, mate. Fair assessment, and you know, certainly on a mental side, and you you reflect to a moment that you've picked out as you know maybe one of the significant turning points mentally for him on the, on the I guess let's call it the, I'll call it the comeback trail. Um, but just to see him in that zone today over that last, over the round, but, you know, over that last closing stretch of holes and, you know, it was it was like the Tiger of 10, 15 years ago and, you know, that process of rebuilding, you know, so he can fulfil his purpose, which is, you know, somewhat done and maybe partially, you know, on that way to... Um, greater things and, and Jack's record you know but to see what he's done physically you know he's he's trimmed down like it looks like he's not as bulky and you know he's 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 swinging as as good as he's ever swung and yeah he's still made a couple of little little boo-boos but uh everyone does and it's just phenomenal you know like it's there aren't enough superlatives that you can that you can use to to talk about what he's achieved, and 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 let's just hope that he, you know, goes on to get that record. I'm, you know, I'll put my hat back on. I'm a Tiger fanboy again. I was ne- I was never really off him, but I didn't think that he could do what he's just achieved today. And I just hope now that he can. And I'm full Tiger ahead, mate. I am. Full Tiger fanboy ahead.
on the board. <laughs> two, two. <laughs> so, mate, you know, okay, we've waxed on about Tiger, and rightly so. It was great. Um, fantastic tournament. Uh, it was a little, little different there for the start time, and to see the leaders go out at 11 p.m. our time, and and yesterday morning when I was hanging out with Clint Stanaway from the Today Show, Rocket, um, and he broke, yeah, and he broke the news to me that uh, the tournament's kicking off at 11 11 p.m. our time. I thought, oh, that's fantastic. I'll be able to I'll be able to see it. But then I realised that that meant staying up 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4 and 5. Um, that put a different little spin on uh, my ability to do that. You watched every, every blow. So what was some of the key moments from that final round for all of the, all of the players that you saw, mate? So I, I know I want to go back and dissect a bit more Tiger in terms of getting into his round and his tournament. Um but, you know, I've got a list of, you know, <laughs> you look at the leaderboard that, <laughs> here's the other thing, you look at the leaderboard that he took down, like, I'm going to roll off these names. These are the ones that, were, I'm going to go backwards. These are the ones that were at the top and were jostling in contention or in the lead at some point in the back nine. Brooks Kepka, Mr. Major Man, Dustin Johnson. Xander Shoffley, probably the hottest young talent going around. Jason Ainetokairo Day. Frankie Molinari. Tony Finau. John Rahm. Ricky Fowler. Ian Poulter. Adam Scott. And then also in the field, you've got Spieth and Rory and Mickelson. And, this gener- it's, a, it's a generation of players in there that he actually inspired and they each you know they're part of the reason why they play and he's changed the game and he took them down um, so you know, I'll touch on Rory I think he's he talks of, you know I was really bullish about this man when he talked about his mental attitude and stuff like that I don't know, I think his demons are taking a hold in his head because he just, he's not playing free when he gets walks on those hallowed grounds. He's just a lost, he's a lost soul there. I don't know what it's going on. You know, Jordan Spieth, he's all over the place. I don't know, he's just tinkering too much. Nicholson, and to your point, you're, you know, yes, he made the cut, but my goodness, I was looking over his statistics, his driver... If he, if he actually hit a few more fairways, he would have been right in the thick of it, but he was just all over the shop. Um, you know, Ricky Fowler coming in with a cheap T9, coming from behind. Um, you know, Poulter was thereabouts you know, until he sort of come undone on 11 and 12. Just a lot of players rinsed it on the 12th. What what happened? Adams. Mate, what happened there on the twelfth? You know, let's talk about the twelfth for a moment. Though. So, so who dumped it in the in the um, in the drink on twelve? Kepka. Who else? Uh, and I'll go through in order actually. So it was Kepka was first, then um, Polter, then uh, Frankie. 
they just 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 absolutely just rinsed it. Um, so, but the interesting thing is, there's a, there's a um, so there's another podcast to listen to, and any time they have Jeff Ogilvy on, I really love it. And they took a segment of um, Jeff Ogilvy talking about the twelve hole in terms of how it plays, and talking about the wind and stuff like that. And um, I actually reckon they one they bit off probably a bit more than they could chew, and they just probably just got hit by the wind. And you know, it wasn't like it was just it was just landed on the bank. So it's just, and you think about it, just a small gust of wind to any shot, you you wipe two yards off the distance. If that's if that flies two yards further, it's it lands on the front edge. You know, two yards short, and it's 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 in the drink. Um, so you know that's, and then when Moari dump, you know dumped it in the water, that's when the tournament really changed, and you know Tiger was just in. This is one of those ones where you just saw how he's walking. He walked at like this one pace. He never fist pumped, and he just he did the. It's almost like he had Jack Nicholas in his head. He goes flat in between the two traps in the safe spot. Two putt par. Two putt par walks off to the next hole, and he's tied for the lead. Um, even after Brooks has rinsed it on twelve, he's come back and. Busted a couple into like ten feet on thirteen, and made eagle. Oh, man. <laughs> that dude has some serious kahunas. Um, and who else? Jason Day was thereabouts. Low round, low, low round of the day, I believe. Was that if I if I didn't miss this course? I think I think minus five he shot. So yeah. equal low round, I think. I go back, and this go. This is Adam Scott and Jason Day. Adam Scott and his damn putter. Fair dinkum. Oh, it's it's nothing to do with the equipment. It's all in his head, and you know I, I put it out on Twitter. Oh, I'm, Adam Scott's team need to spend some time with Jamie because it's it's in his head. It is literally in his head. If it wasn't for his putter, he would have just destroyed that tournament. He left so much out there. Like I think about Saturday, and between Adam Scott and Jason Day, they were contending right at the top. Adam Scott had a putt. He was nine under. He had a putt to go 10 under and on a one-shot lead on 15. There's was a four-footer. Missed it. Go, and then bogeys like the next two holes. And then just don't hear a save for the rest of the tournament. Um, Day was at eight under, nine under. He was nine under playing 15 and just chunks it in the water. Makes double. And, you know, basically just ruins the tournament. And, he, yeah, he finishes two shots back, but he just... He finished double bogey and another bogey on 18. So he dropped like three shots it's rather than being, you know, having the momentum at the top. It was just quite frustrating. Um, and then, you know, Finau was there about. Ram was there. He's hitting wild shots all over the place. You know, everyone, Peter Costas will say, oh, you know, Ram's playing his way. And I remember when Greg Norman would play aggressively, he used to say that Norman just had no... Game management, course management, and um, frustrates me, Peter Costas. Um, but then you have, you know, Xander Shoffley. Like this kid is knocking down the door. Like he hit it in the water on 15, and he still finished one shot back. He was in there up to his eyeballs. Um, he's he's he will win a major 
if not this year, within the next two years. Oh, he's, he's a serious talent. And yeah, Dustin Johnson finished. Oh, I'm pretty sure this man left the course as soon as he finished his round because there were no interviews. He was not to be seen anywhere. <laughs> Does that man care less about the sport <laughs> than DJ? Um, and then, you know, Patrick Cantlay. Oh, my God. I didn't want Patrick Cantlay to win. I didn't want another travel in a moment. But his his story, like, it, it, do you know what? If he's if he won, his story would have been as 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 epic as even Tigers. I don't know if you know the Patrick Cantlay story. Fill me in. So he's he's a he's number one ranked amateur in the world. Um, turns pro, battles battles away on some mini tours. Um, was we. He was um, had his tour card for the first time, and he was going to some. He was just um, on an off week. He was with one of his mates, uh, driving somewhere. They've had a car accident, so Patrick was driving. His mates died, so passed away. Patrick is in a critical condition, nearly died himself. Spent two years, basically just rehabilitating to come back. Struggled his way through web.com and stuff like that, made his way back on the tour, it, uh, and has been, a, you know, almost like a Charles Howell like consistently consistency up in the top 20 um, for, for quite a while now. Uh, won his first event last year, I think it was. And um, yeah, so from just a backstory, that would have been amazing, but. I couldn't handle another treble Immelman moment. Um, and then, you know, Frankie was there about, you know, rinsing it on. on he was battling all day right from the start. <laughs> it, oh, I think the Italian machine will will win some more majors. He just, his game, I don't know if it was... Here's the other thing: is that you think about that change, then all change with all the groups and playing early, and they played in threes. If they weren't playing in threes. Frankie would have been in the last group with Tony Finau. So, what's was there a Tiger effect with Tiger again being in the last group with Frankie? Because yes, everyone could say, "Oh, Frankie was in the last round with Tiger at Carnoustie," but then he, he wasn't. 54-hole leader, he wasn't asking questions about who's the favourite coming into the weekend. Right? He didn't have all these other you know, external questions coming in uh, to allow the mind to start to think about this sort of stuff. So, did the Tiger effect probably grab him on that day? Because he was he's battling away but holding on quite well. Um, and then you have Brooks. Oh, <laughs> I've I've got to say, Brooks Kepka is probably the only he's probably the only guy on tour who I reckon can go head to head into the Tiger vortex and withstand it. And the reason I say that is one, his his putting over the weekend was terrible, and he was still there. His ball striking was amazing. 
even after he dumped it in the water on 12, he looked at it as if like, ugh, whatever. Eagles, Eagles 13, nearly Eagles 15. Uh, I think a birdie, did he birdie 16? Oh, I can't remember. But when Tiger hit the shot on 16, eight iron in the perfect spot, nearly hold it out. So Brooks is on the 17th tee, sort of waited to sort of look to see where the ball was. That crowd to the to the left of the tee on 17 also overlooks into 16. That, that crowd is still jumping around like it's a rock concert. He's still losing it. Brooks is standing over his tee shot. They're still jumping around right beside him, and he smokes it. Doesn't even flinch. Any other player, normally they would be standing there staring at him. You'd have the the guys like, you know, Marshall's trying to get everyone to be quiet, and they're waiting. Brooks didn't care, just smokes this thing. Then he hits this wedge into, like, 10 feet, misses it, does the same thing up 18. So he had chances to, to, you know, get it to 13 or 14, um, but his, his putter was ice cold over the weekend. But I think in he's the only one that will withstand the Tiger Vortex. He's, he's got some serious... Oh, I don't even know about don't even know what the appropriate word is for the podcast. He's got some stones. He's, <laughs> That's about that. He's he's a he's a beast. Like he he's a beast, and I don't know much about Brooks Kepka, but I'm a I'm a fan, and predominantly I'm a fan because you know he he's learned his craft not I guess really through the traditional American way. You know he went he went to Europe. He spent his early yes. early years on tour in Europe, playing on the Lynx courses, playing all the European courses up at Sur and and uh, maybe one in Switzerland. I can't remember that, but um, you know he 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 ground away over there and made buddies with all those guys and played really well over there, and then came back. And I think it just added, had to have added another element to his game when it gets down to the uh, down to the wire. You know, he's 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 got everything that he wants. Okay, his putter was cold, but yeah, I you know, one always agree with you, but I agree that he's he's probably going to be the guy in the next you know immediate term to five years that um, we'll probably be talking about in the same same platitudes, or maybe not. No, sorry, not the same platitudes, but the same um, you know. Alongside challenging Tiger and pushing him along, if Tiger is to, uh, you know, chase down Jack's record, Brooks Kepka will be the guy, as you've said, alongside him, you know, pushing him along, which is good because there is an excitement machine, absolute excitement machine. I did know the Cantlay story about the car accident. I just uh, forgot about it there, but yeah, Xander Shoffley, what a what a great young little man he is. Um, what a player, you know. What what got some game? That oh yes. That whole leaderboard, as you said, was just stacked with, you know, major major champions and and future stars. What about what about our picks? You know, let's let's rewind and have a look at uh, our forecast. So, I'll start with my. Right. We did. We weren't too we far right. away. We weren't too far away as fledgling pundits, if we are allowed to refer to ourselves as that. Um, Molinari. I was I was keen for Molinari, and. He'll do something. 
he'll do something again in a major. You know, his game is good. He just had a little moment, and as you said, maybe the Tiger effect. But if you wanted to, ha- you know, have a swing and pick pick a swing in a game to have that was reliable week in, week out, shot in, you know, shot after shot, he'd be one of the one of the two or three that you'd pick. And uh, anyway, so he was he was up there, but not quite. Got it done. Uh, what else? I said that. Uh, did I say that Cam Smith would be the leading Aussie? Yep, wrong, and wrong by a bit. And you know, Adam Scott should have should have uh, fared higher, faded away with that putter. I think Adam Scott probably is making a mistake with all of the putts leaving the flag in on those shorter putts because I think every time I watched Adam Scott, he was missing a four footer with the flag in and. You know, I thought I was a flagging guy, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure now, and and I don't know. Um, what else? Well, who are my, who are my other picks? Um, notable Henrik Stenson made the cut, didn't do too much as a smoky, as a smoky, and notable to miss the cut. I think I said Phil, but I did say that Phil, you know, his challenge is going to be keeping it on the fairway, and yes. uh, your um, keen eye has. Confirmed that fact. Anything yes. else? Anything else that I that I that I got right or wrong? Uh, no, I think that that was that was it on the picks. Um, and yourself? So I had uh, Rory as my head head pick. Uh, that won't happen again. T twenty T twenty one. He was gone on day one. My heart pick. Oh, big cash. <laughs> um, and then I had my Aussie leash. He was, he had a stinker. Yeah. Like he was lucky. He was lucky to make the cut. Um, and then my notable to miss the cut was uh, Bubba. Well, Bubba was thereabouts, you know, on the last day. Had a bit of a run um, with his yellow ball. And, um, so I got that one wrong. I think one in, bit. I think in my my wasn't in the in the in the picks, but certainly uh, Bernhard Langer got a got a mention oh, there. Yes, he if f- it wasn't for the conditions on, I reckon the last day he would have probably finished high. Of course, played quite tough actually, but uh, Mr. Bernhard Langer uh, was in amongst it, just churning away around about even par one under for most of the tournament. He's just a machine. He's a machine. <laughs> He's great. I love him. So, um, what else, mate? What else? What else do we need to cover? Any, any other hits and misses that uh, that we picked up on over the weekend? Um, I think we should just talk about Tiger some more. Really. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so they've released the. TW um, irons by TaylorMade, which takes some immeasurable amount of time to hand make because they're milled, milled grind. So the laser milling machine uh, mills the the sole camber on on each one, and it does it very precisely. Obviously, it takes a long time, but TaylorMade have released a set of clubs which you can buy three to pitching wedge or four to pitching wedge. Um, in exactly the same lie, loft, shaft, and grip configuration that Tiger uses. 
that's going to be fraught with danger being in the same configuration. So I want to. I just want to know: Do you need a set, mate? Um, well, if we could change the um, maybe some of the, uh, the the shaft and the line stuff like that, I would appreciate TaylorMade to probably send me over a set of TaylorMade Tiger Woods um, uh, clubs to go with my TaylorMade um, wedges and my TaylorMade driver and three wood and to put in my tailor-made bag while I wear my tailor-made hat to play with the tailor-made TP5X golf ball. I don't know if I've said tailor-made in there enough to get tailor-made to maybe get me down to the uh, tailor-made lab down at MGA or, you know, just to come into your wonderful shop there at uh, Drummond Golf. No, it's well, that Taylor, Taylor Made could fit me out inside the Drummond Golf Shop, and uh, we could put it on the Taylor Made site with no. Drummond Golf. We're not talking about Drummond Golf. This isn't the Drummond Golf thing, mate. We're not talking about. All right. So, so, sorry, I'm just trying to get myself a set of Taylor Made irons. Uh, <laughs> the Taylor Made Lab is is just for clarification for the podcast. The Taylor Made Lab, which is a using the gears technology um, where you put the pods on yourself to get measured up and um, gears has a number of cameras measures the you know the all your movements as an avatar it's amazing technology it's not at MGA anymore it's at the TaylorMade head office which is in Clayton so they've just recently reopened that um, a couple of months ago Benji uh, Alex Benjamin is the the main guy down there and he's got a ton of tour experience, uh, super super young pro golfer himself. And if anyone needs to book in, you can just go onto the tailormade.com.au website, book in down there. Fantastic facility, great guy, and um, yeah. Anyway, it's a good it's a good place it's a good place to be. But uh, think about there. Think about the executives at TaylorMade right now that might have been looked at real funny when they signed Tiger Woods to probably a quite a lucrative contract in January 2017, when this guy was probably never going to play golf again. Just another part of the story, isn't it, mate? Just another part of the success story that's uh, joined to TW and good, good on him, good on him. Um, you know, they've put a lot of bucks into a smaller amount of players and it's it's paying dividends for the brand, I'm sure. Absolutely. Because, Absolutely. Um, yeah, the product's great. But um, how do we get on to TW Woods, uh, TW, TW Irons? They're, they're, they're 400 bucks, a bit over 400 bucks, mate. So, um, you know, I can get a set for you. Sold out. Only 50, 50, <laughs> 50 sets bought into Australia and within a couple of days of announcing that gone... Um, about another wow. another eight to ten weeks for another batch to come, and I think they're trying to keep it fairly limited. But uh, anyway, you can get a set of TW um, P7 Woods uh, P7 Iron, sorry, and uh, you can be like Tiger Tour mm-hmm. Dynamic Gold Dynamic Gold Tour S400 shaft, the uh, Golf Pride um, my, um, cord oh, the- cord grip with the Golf Pride logo down. Um, I don't know the lie and loft spec, but um, yeah, come in a nice presentation box, great thing. Anyway, enough about products. Tiger. Tiger. So what's next? Where does he go next? What's the next tournament? When's he? Does he have a give himself a month off? I, I still want to talk about just his round. Oh, okay, go. 
Um, <laughs> I, I watched every shot. So his iron play, so his irons, right? Remember I talked about Augusta in terms of, you know, this is, if you're an elite iron player, you're going to be contending. He relied solely on his iron play and his and him being the ultimate tactician and probably the mentally strongest person of all time. Shot making, shot selection, he just did not make a mistake. You know, he sprayed a few on his tee shots and stuff like that. Um, but he just outworked everyone. And and here's the thing, right? He didn't putt as well as what he did probably the tail end of last year. So he didn't he didn't have he didn't come with an A game. He probably played a B game, and his body would be a C. So he's played a, he's played he's won with a B game and a C body, and. I remember this, it was like about three years ago. There was a quote from like Justin Thomas and a few others where they've talked about Tiger and they said, geez, we wish we could play Tiger when he was at his, in his prime. I remember David David Duval on the Golf Channel when someone mentioned that to him and he's, he just snapped and he just said, what the hell you do? Like, here's a man that stared into those eyes and went toe-to-toe with Tiger at his peak. He knows what he's looking into. And one of the things that David Duval said after this event, when Randall Shambly went on his data, you know, bloviation and, and you know, regurgitation, David Duval just sort of rolled his eyes and he goes, I'm not going to talk about any statistics. He said, oh, I saw one thing, Tiger. And he said, it's his eyes. I saw clarity and I saw the desire. And, and that's what it comes down to. He's, he, he, he knew he was struggling in some areas, but he willed himself, as he's done for all of his life, over the line. You know, some of the, some of the things, right? So if I'll talk about it, so the ninth hole. So he's on the ninth hole. He's, the pin's down this front left. He's hit it back right. So we're talking about a 50-foot putt that he's got to hit right angles to the edge of the green then get it into a particular funnel with not too much speed for it to then roll down to the hole. He's just rolled it over the edge of the hole. He's nearly hold it. It was like one of the greatest lag putts you'll ever see in your life. And that, that kept the momentum going. Then you go through, you go to 12... What he tee shot he hit on thirteen, absolutely just smoked it. You know, what he did up fourteen, fifteen, a bit of wind, so the pole's starting to play into the wind. He's crushed the drive down there. He's had two hundred and forty yards from the top of the hill to the pin cut front left. And there's already people who've been dumping it in the water. He's taken a five iron and hit this just crushing, like, bullet right at the middle of the green to hit that ridge and just come around a little bit. So it was in the safe part. It was in the right spot to give him a chance at an eagle, but also an easy birdie. And then he rolls up to 16. He stands up there, and he's still in his bubble, as I said before. No fist pumping. He's managing his energy. Like, this was, you know, Tiger of... 
of you know 2002 would have been whipping the crowd into an absolute frenzy. He didn't have to do any of that. He just stayed in his moment and was using every bit of energy and saving it for his golf shots and when he needed to just turn things on. So it was just, it was a clinic. Like it literally was a clinic. You think about it, he's played against these kids that grew up watching him. They've become fitness junkies. They've, they work on their game. They've mirrored what he's done. He's gone out there, Mr. Four, four back surgeries, fused back, and he's beat them all. And not with his A game. Like, that's crazy. Like, most of them were playing at peak. Yeah, they were making mistakes, but they're not like he... He's, it's not Tiger. This is... Tiger's a different beast. He's a tactician. He's just so mentally strong, and he's able to stay in his moment to get in, to get the job done. Like, he stalked them. Like, it wasn't flashy where he blew them away by 10 shots. He stalked them. He hunted them down. That's essentially what he did. You just watch it, and it was like this slow stalking, and it's like as every every red number would go up on the leaderboard, especially at Augusta. And here's the other thing he probably would have known. If he can just put numbers up and slowly start to do that, the, the momentum and the crowd, the referred crowd roars around Augusta would start to rumble and the Tiger effect would take into place. And these young kids, these whippersnappers, got to feel it. They got to see it and they fell over. This is the this is this was just the tiger of old, like it was just, oh, you know, you could, oh, I could talk about this for hours, because it was just, it was phenomenal, like I use that word far too often, but you're talking about a man that two years ago was never going to play golf again. He's fallen from grace, like he's gone to the lowest of lows, and he is mentally strong enough. To find a way and he's done it without a coach like he's done it his own way he's found his own game he's almost like the LeBron James of golf he knows more about the golf swing than most people he's gone on and had a coach he's got a friend of his that he played junior golf with who's basically his eyes because I'm trying to fi- I'm trying to look like feel it like this what does it look like to you and that's it like it's it's just it's one of the greatest <laughs> oh I don't know what else to say, really. I really don't, because it was just... It was a clinic. It was a clinic. Uh, it's, just, it's what it was. Rocket, I've got a question for you. This morning, when that uh, putt rolled in on 18, maybe even before with that final putt on 18 that he tapped in from just past the hole, did you have a tear? Yes. Yes. And then because I'm a parent and when his son's run out into the same spot that he, he hugged his dad like 20, 22 years before that, oh, I was a mess. Full blub? Like, you went you went the full oh, full blub? Yeah. Oh, I had the, the you know, the, the hiccups. The <laughs> <laughs> so it was, a, it was a full blub moment for you and rightly so, mate. Rightly so. And it's... It's great to hear someone talk 
so passionately about someone that's obviously, you know, had an impact on you as a golfer and as a golf fan for a long time. And uh, it's it's good to hear. It's it's good. And so, what do you think? You know, what do you, maybe not? What do you think? What do you hope? What do you hope that you know the resurgence of Tiger Woods does for the game? You know, if you had to wave your magic wand, what does it look like? Um. In, in part, it's going to be almost like, I think it's almost going to be like that first five years when he hit the scene, 97 to 2002. May not be to the same, it will never be to the same level in terms of play, but if he does this, doesn't have to do it every year. I mean, you know, multiple times in a year. The majors is all that matters to him. So if he can keep chipping away at majors and contending, he's going to inspire. He is essentially going to inspire a second generation of golfers again. Like he's already done it once. So the likes of Jason Day is the biggest fanboy. You know, you got Rory, DJ Brooks. Um, you know, you you've got. Um, you know, the scientist or the fake physicist, um, Shambo, you know, all of these young players, JT, Spieth, like when Tiger won his last major, they were like 10. And he inspired that generation. He's about to do it again. Like, it's, show me a sports person that has inspired two generations of golfers. Can't think of any. I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't put my finger on anyone like that. Uh, for so long. Yeah. It's unique. Well, like we had the length of time someone has over a career, but you know, the, I look at Jack. Jack had a probably a longer period and inspired a lot of different people. You know, social media is a bit different now to what it is. Um, you know, you had Arnie, you had Greg. Greg, you know, Greg was my hero. He's part of the. He's the reason why I've fell in love with golf but then Greg's Greg's like flame was like a 10 year period Tiger's is even when Tiger even when Tiger was injured it was still burning that's that's just the mark of the man the impact when did Tiger Um, when did Tiger come on the scene I remember the first time I saw Tiger I saw Tiger was when he came to Australia in 1996 and Australian he, Open at the Lakes. Oh, no, the Australian Golf Club. Uh, well, I saw him at, at Huntingdale. He played in the, the Masters at Huntingdale. He might have even been an amateur then. I'm, oh, I'm, no, he, no, he did too. I forgot about that. And uh, so 1996, that was the first time he came to Australia. And that's, Yeah, because he played the Masters and the Australian Open, I think. Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time in the game, and okay, yeah, there's been a bit of, bit of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's an amazingly long time in the game. So, mate, what? Uh, we're fifty odd minutes in. What else do we want to chat about? Just to wrap up, things from the Masters weekend. 
Um, I forgot my other prediction. Jason Day calling the Cairo. I didn't get the whole right, but I got the round right. So by the, I said by the sixth, it was the second on day one. You know, I'm calling for the chiropractor. Mate, that, that's um, so some, that's that's one of the moments of the weekend for me. Your that that forecast, and it coming tr- and it coming true. That was that was one of the calls. I, I, if I could have had fifty on that, that would have been great. Um, the other moment was Zach Johnson hitting his ball with his practice swing on the thirteenth. And if it wasn't for the rule change, I almost wish this rule change didn't happen. It would have meant. He would have had to play it from where he lie, where it lied, which was, it was on the tee where his stance would have been on the bank and the ball was on the tee, so it would have been almost impossible. And he would have had a two-stroke penalty, so it just would have been funny. Um, but the ultimate, I still think, was Phil Mickelson. He's getting all over the socials. Phil Mickelson and his video driving into the Masters grounds when he was paired with Matt Kuchar, he's line around, there's not going to be a lot of side action today because whatever I win, I'm only going to get 0.65% of it, which is in reference to what uh, Matt, Matt Kuchar did when he stiffed El Toucan, uh, the, uh, the, the um, caddy percentage down in Mexico, which was one of the funniest, uh, <laughs> funniest burns from Phil Mickelson ever. <laughs> It was a good little. It was a good little video. I saw. I saw that. That was just. Uh, it's just really funny, but just overall, like the, the yeah, just there's nothing else for the Masters. And the amazing thing is that we've only got another four weeks to another major again, and it's the PGA at Bethpage. Now a lot of people are getting all excited because Tigers won two U.S. Opens at Bethpage. Actually, no, has he? No, it's just the one, 2002. No, he didn't win the other one. Beth Page, so everyone's getting excited, but I don't know about him there because I don't know if he's going to be able to hit his driver straight enough. I think that's a that's geared for Brooks back-to-back, actually. Okay. Well, we will, we will cover that with the same level of in-depth detail that we've covered the Masters with a double podcast series preview and review masters style i want to give one shout out to um one of my instagram friends never met him like most of my mates at the moment never met them but i love them on instagram (laughs) Uh, you can find him as at fence member now young scotsman from ayrshire in uh, obviously scotland living in i think las vegas now and you know obviously follow each other on instagram and was obviously on his way to the Masters because he played at Palmetto, which, as a private club, opens its doors to the public to come and play in the week leading up to Masters. So, I think any of the you know the golfers of, of note were all playing Palmetto. I shot him a message to say, "How is Palmetto? Looks amazing." He said, "It was unbelievable." Um, Are you on the way to the Masters? He says, "Yep, I'm walking in there now." Keep an eye out. I'm about to propose to my girlfriend on Amen Corner. I said, what a place. I said, you're kidding me. Good luck with that. Next thing, Christian Hafer, another Instagram photographer guy who's doing great things, snapped a portrait of him down there at 
on one knee, on bended knee, at Amen Corner, proposing to his beautiful girlfriend. What a moment. And I had Oh, the, that is epic. And I had the inside scoop. I had the message there, which I've since posted on Instagram, to say congrats and thanks for the heads up, buddy. Fence member, at fence member. Great young Scotsman, and uh, a lot of the guys that I talk to on Instagram are all Scots and stick together. But uh, that was a great moment, and um, just a shout-out to uh, you guys. Congrats on getting engaged at Amen Corner at the 2019 Masters. It was good. What a week. Hmm. Uh, it'll be that. What were you doing the day that Tiger you know, made his big comeback? Oh, I was just bending down on a knee proposing to me missus. Couldn't think of many better places to do that for for the if you're a golfer and you and you love it, why not, mate? Um, that's an hour. I've, I've got one thing I nearly forgot, oh, and I, I, I feel I feel bad. I almost forgot this man because he used to carry the bag for probably one of my favourite golfers of all time, Joe Lacava, Freddie's bag man forever. One of the most loyal men you'll ever meet on the planet. 27 years between victories for Joe. 1992 was the major he won with Freddie. hasn't won one since. And you think when he took the bag for Tiger, have a guess whose bag he turned down. Who's think of someone that's almost number one in the world at the moment. Whose bag did he turn down? DJ's. I would have turned it down too. Yes. But you think about that. You think about the decision that he made and he stuck with Tiger through thick and thin. You know, that's, that's, that's great. That's a great thing for that man to be, to be there for, 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 you know, at this moment, because, you know, he's a good bag man. Good bag man. I love him because he looks like my buddy Craig Thompson they're a doppelganger. Craig Thompson is also a caddy and former caddy of Robert Allenby plus a couple of other uh, LPGA tour girls and uh, but had a few stints with Robert Allenby. I think every caddy, the caddy for Robert Allenby had a few stints with him. He is Joe LaCarva's doppelganger and I'm going to send you a photo of Tomo next to Joe LaCarva. Tomo, I love you, mate. Love it. So, buddy, well done. Great rap. Great predictions, great forecasts. Didn't we? Well, you got it right. You know, in the heart side. Next time, I'm going to pin you down for a you know, hundred percent. You know, one, on one not, yep. not on the fence. Then you know you'll move up to the next rung in my you know stature of great pundits in this <laughs> pundit punditry journey <laughs> that we're on together, going somewhere I don't know where. Um, <laughs> Mate, but great job. You 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 are the eyes and ears of this team in this little podcast. And um, once again, the voters, the listeners are voting with their feet and the downloads over a short space of time, very popular. So whatever it is, mate, keep it up. So, buddy, I think uh, that... Uh, sorry, go team on. Effort. Team effort. Thank you. Mate, well, let's call it up there. That's an hour of greatness from us again till the next time roscoe and rocket my love of golf podcast appreciate the listen that's enough for me and that's enough from rocket till next time thank you